1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Back on Sports Talk, getting into a little LSU football that'll be coming up September 3rd around the corner against Florida State. The season opens, the Tigers in fall camp right now currently going on happy to welcome into the program friend is a lsu reporter for the usa today in sports south region with the daily advertiser Cokie riley how you been man
1: doing great how's it going
2: doing all right over here i know the tigers a uh, big question going into this year was obviously at the cornerback spot and had a bit of bad news yesterday come out from fall camp about jk johnson
1: yeah uh j k Johnson it sounds like he's gonna be out for a, if not a while uh looks like he has a fractured uh left leg um He was seen on Monday in one of those leg scooters you know little leg scooters um that where you just sort of plant your uh, knee on there and just sort of scoot around with your healthy leg uh those he was in one of those on monday and uh that didn't really change and when you see when you see that something like that, you know that's probably not going to be a short-term injury. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, that that's a tough blow to the secondary because, again, they don't have a lot of proven players. They don't have a lot of experience. And J.K. Johnson was one of the more proven, experienced guys since he has started at some games at Ohio State, and um, that's no small feat. So, uh, without him, I mean, it looked like Zai Alexander and Deuce Chestnut were probably their two best options at corner. Um, from what just from, just from what we've seen uh, so far this spring, but like you needed extra options, especially since Zaya, again has never played even FBS football let alone SEC football. So um, yeah, it's 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 not a good uh, it's not a good sign.
0: You know, and, and you bring up uh, Deuce Chestnut coming over from Syracuse. I look at Omar uh, Spites, uh Spates I uh, should say from Oregon State. And, you know, it's going to be like that every year. Okay, who's maybe the top transfer portal players and who's going to have, you think, you can speculate the biggest impact? Uh, is it, is it Spades and Chestnut right now? Uh, that I know it's still early, but it seems like those are the two cats they're really counting on.
1: Yeah, I'd say those two are great candidates, um, especially Chestnut given how important the corner position is and uh, how good he's looked. Uh, so far, and I, I'd say he's probably been the best corner that they have on this roster. I think heading into the season, it was that would be a reasonable take, and I think we've seen that so far um, through about a week or so of uh, preseason practices. Uh, but another name I throw into the ring there is Ovi Gofu, who looks like he's probably going to be the starting Jack. Uh, it's, gonna be, it's probably going to be a rotation between him and Brayden Swinson, who is also a transfer from Oregon. Uh, but a Gofu, I mean, this is this is what you know, fifth or sixth year guy. Uh, he played three years at Notre Dame, two years at Texas, so yeah, he's a six-year guy this year at LSU, and uh, he was very productive last season at Texas. He's obviously very familiar with Brian Kelly because of his time at Notre Dame, and um, yeah, I, I think uh, they're in a pretty good, I, I think he's a guy who can be pretty productive as a as a veteran edge presence uh, for this LSU team this season, so he would be the third name I'd watch out for, but it's pretty much those three. I think that's sort of like the key three, and I think if they had to have like a real a really like a real dark horse candidate for that for that sort of distinction it would probably be Andre Sam, just given how good he's looked uh, so far during preseason practices and uh, yeah, he's been he's just been fantastic and, and Brian Kelly really likes the sort of flexibility he gives to that safety room because now they can play three safeties more often and move guys around and and, try, and you know, sort of lean on that unpredictability that made that defense so good last season.
2: You know, one of the things we're hearing more and more about is Lunsford uh, seeing a lot more uh, playing time at the guard position. He played center and guard at Maryland. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because, you know, you you only lost one guy uh, from there last year, and he's in the NFL today. Um, it was almost looked at as that would be Garrett Dellinger's spot. But Lunsford comes in with a lot of experience, and Brian Kelly doesn't go out of his way to talk real I could say um, complimentary about a lot of people, but he has about Lunsford.
1: Yeah, yeah, Lunsford is um, a pretty big guy. Um, and I, I think Brian Kelly really likes uh, his interior alignment with size. I think mean, he likes alignment with size in general. Uh, that's just sort of his preference. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if, I, I feel like they've always tried to. They haven't always been totally content with having Charles Turner at center, just not because they don't like him, but because he's a much smaller center. He's a very small guy um, on the inside, and they've had to rely on their uh, on bigger guards to sort of help him out. And, um, and maybe if they could slide Luntzer in there, maybe he plays center, maybe he plays guard, um, and, and, and maybe they can move Dellinger over the center or something, or maybe Marlon Martinez just takes the center job or something like that. Like, that would shock me if that eventually happened. Um, even if Turner was very was pretty solid and consistent for them, but he is sort of a matchup liability against these bigger SEC defensive lines. Like if you're playing Georgia, I don't know if you necessarily want to have a or like a really sm- a much smaller center like Charles Turner uh, there trying to protect Jaden Daniels up the middle. So um, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, the the interior of this offensive line is going to be pretty interesting because I think the tackles are pretty much set. Uh, Will Campbell is. Is probably projected to be one of the better offensive linemen in the SEC this season. Uh, Emory Jones uh, had a promising first first year, and I think Zalance Hurd is very, very talented. But I don't know if he, if he can um, take over that spot at least right now. So, it, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all sort of shakes 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 out. And of course, there's Miles Frazier as well, who was uh, very solid for them last season.
2: Okay, one of the things too is I got to sit down and interview. Uh, both Mason Smith and uh, Savion Jones, who both sort of grew up in my neighborhood. And um, they both asked him, give me a surprise player. They both answered the same guy, Greg Penn third. And I'm like, okay, you could have given me about ten names, but both of them <laughs> gave me the same name of Greg Penn. And almost like they didn't want to say too much about, I think you're going to be seeing Greg doing some things that he maybe necessarily hadn't been involved with last year. So I'm, I'm assuming that's a pass rush situation. But your thoughts on Greg Penn, who sort of maybe like the odd man out because of Perkins, Omar Spates comes in. But Greg Penn had a real solid season last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Greg Penn was one of the more consistent players on this defense. He wasn't spectacular necessarily. He wasn't someone who was going to fill up the stat sheet or, I guess, highlight real, but he was pretty solid, and there wasn't a lot of plays or a lot of instances where you're like, oh, well, oh Greg Penn's a liability here. You um, he never really felt that, and uh, I, I think he's certainly a guy who can take a step forward for them, and I think they can play all three linebackers. I think there are c- scenarios and situations where they can do that, especially given Perkins's flexibility, right? Because you can use him as basically a jack if you need to in certain situations. You can blitz him off the other edge and overload one side. And you can just get really creative with Harold, especially now that he's learning. Because that's the point of him learning uh, inside linebacker, right? So they can deploy him all over the line of scrimmage and just confuse defenses and be on offense, while, even though you're playing defense, right? Um, and by having a guy like Perkins, it sort of opens up uh, a spot, I guess, for tend to still play quite a bit, even if you still, even if you also have Omar space. and they can also use Omar space as a blitzer, like Oregon state did that quite a bit with him. So um, I, yeah, I, I think they have some flexibility and versatility with those three linebackers. They don't have a ton of depth behind those guys, which is kind of a slight problem with the room. They really only have six scholarship linebackers. Um, and I think West week is a pretty solid backup, um, but uh, two injuries and they're in trouble there. Um, but and that's really the only problem with that room because they definitely have the top-tier talent because Omar Space is an SEC-quality linebacker. I mean, he was also offered by Alabama um, along with LSU when he was hit the portal. And obviously, Harold Bergens might be the best defensive player in the country. So uh, it, it's, a, it's an exciting unit if that, if that unit can stay healthy for sure.
0: Now, uh, how do you view, because uh, LSU is going to do it running back by committee, but if anywhere from, uh, I don't know, eight, nine, ten deep. I mean, uh, they don't have enough snaps. I mean, they'll be by committee, but uh, you have that much depth. So what do you think is going to come about there uh, when you consider they have uh, that many uh, prospects, 8, 9, or 10 from the running back room?
1: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable how deep their running back room is. Um, and, I mean, after they got Logan, it was a debate whether they even get Logan Diggs or not to lengthen out that room even more. Um, but it, but, like, given the state of the room, especially during the spring with all the injuries and sort of the question marks they had there, it, it made sense. And they br- they bring in Diggs, and then all the guys that had some question marks around them, like a guy like John Emery when it comes to his academics or Armani Goodwin with when it comes to his injury issues, um, his continued injury issues into the spring, or even Josh Williams, who was out for a lot of the spring as well. Like, all those guys pretty much got healthy. I mean, Josh Williams is fully healthy right now but I don't think it's anything serious um uh and we have all those guys and you have a guy like Trey Bradford literally comes out of nowhere and rejoins the roster and looks pretty good um out there uh, out there this fall like now you just have a ridiculously deep running back room and it you wish you could use a couple of those scholarships for some other positions like corner Um, but you have what you have. This isn't the NFL. You, you, you're not really, that that, you can't really change that. You're not going to trade one of these guys to to Mississippi state. Right. Um, So they're just going to have to figure out what each guy does best and deploy them in those sort of spots while also not trying to pigeonhole them too much in, in to where they're, you know, tipping their hand um, at all. So it's, it's gonna be a really tough balance, and I honestly have no idea how they're gonna uh, pull this off while keeping everyone else, everyone reasonably happy in that room, um, because there's just a lot of talent there. And I think two of them, I, I think Caleb Jackson, and Trey Holly. I would be pretty shocked if those two guys played much at all outside of garbage time against mid major opponents or or you know, just garbage time in general, um, just because again they they're five veterans to feed at least five or six veterans to be um, ahead of those guys. And they're talented guys who are probably going to have a big impact in the room next season. But um, you have John Emery, you have Logan Diggs, and you have Josh Williams, you have Armani Goodwin, you have Noah Kane. These are all guys you could pretty much play for any other team in the country. And um, they're, they're all on your roster and ready to go. So it's, it's gonna I'm really fascinated to see how they sort of um, distribute all these carries because I honestly have no idea how they're going to do it again. Just one football.
0: Now uh, speaking of one football and how you distribute, I guess in the return game, is it Aaron Anderson's job to lose? I mean, uh, we all know him uh, from end the car. will goes to Alabama and then he comes back home. A dynamic playmaker. What's your take on him? And obviously, that cannot be a liability uh, where you shoot yourself in the foot and cost you a game. Uh, you can't from day one. Or game one, I should say, against Florida State, Uh, we don't need deja vu from a negative standpoint in the return game. Oh, so is Aaron Anderson the answer, you think?
1: Yeah, I I think it's his to lose. Um, His speed and explosiveness has been extremely impressive this fall. And uh, he's a guy that I really believe just brings a different element to this offense and obviously brings a different element to the return game. They just didn't really have – like a shifty, like a super shifty, low to the ground, explosive um, weapon on special teams or offense, or on their offense last season, and uh, he certainly, certainly brings that to the table. And uh, the way the way he cuts up field and can juke a guy out while not breaking his stride is just, it's it's different than everyone else on the field, pretty much, and that it's really obvious to really anyone. Um, who's, who's out there and watching this team practice. So I, I think it's his to lose just given uh, he's sort of the perfect um, prototype for that sort of role. And I think it was definitely one of the reasons why they brought him in. I mean, they have some other options too, and like Rick Clayton and Javen Nicholas. Like th- those guys worked out there last year. But, uh, I, I mean, if it's not Anderson, then I don't know who, who it is, especially on putts. Um, so, it, yeah, he is – Extremely impressive.
2: Koki, okay, one of the guys uh, Coach Kelly told us that he wanted to see a lot was Kyle Murphy. Yeah, he, he, he really – Kyle Parker, excuse me. Uh, Kyle yeah, Parker yeah, okay. was one of the guys <laughs> was that he, there for
1: a second. Sorry. Yeah,
2: he thought that Kyle could possibly grab the kickoff return or the punt return job. And you know, he's an explosive guy too. And I know in the spring he talked about he didn't play like a freshman.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you can add Kyle Parker to the list of um, tons and tons of young guys that this team has and tons and tons of receivers and weapons that they have that um, are, are, could certainly step up into bigger roles than what is what they seemingly have right now. And uh, Parker's certainly going to be an option. Um, I, he has been. I have seen him work uh, with the other punt returners, with Anderson and with Greg Clayton, and pretty sure Jalen Brown's been out there with them, too. Uh, And Parker, I mean, he was one of the most – he was a high riser. He was a late riser when it came came to his recruiting profile. I think when they originally – when he originally committed to LSU, he was a three-star, and then he really kind of bumped up to like a mid to even high four-star prospect, just given how incredible his senior year was in Texas. Um, And, yeah, he put up historic numbers in that last season, and he looked great in the spring. Um, I don't know if he's been – quite as uh, quite as noticeable this, this fall. Um, but I, but I do think that he's just another one of those guys that uh, can really step up for them, for them. Heck, even this year. Um, and especially, especially down the road, like I, it's really, every single guy has is really, really interesting for this, for this team when it comes to the young guys. I mean, Chelton Sampson, Mike Dembrock said this the other day, but uh, he said that he's, a guy like Shelton Samson, he's just as talented as any other receiver they have on this roster, and this roster also has bleak really Neighbors. So uh, it, it's it, it's pretty remarkable just how deep they are at receiver. This team, it's it's um and it, and again they kind of run into the same problem where it's one they only have one ball, and with a much deeper tight end room too, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of keep all the, keep all those um uh met, all those mouths healthy. You know what I mean? All all those uh, keep everyone satisfied with their
2: touches. It's going to be like Coach Perry used to tell Bobby. Throw it to the open guy, Bob.
0: Yeah, and then you look <laughs> at the film, and then if they make you look good, then you get fed. And then, uh, you know, if you have opportunity, don't drop a pass that you should have caught. You know, you never know when you come back around. That's so. where
2: karen has got to pick up his game, Karen Lacey.
0: Yeah, no. He had uh, some
2: drops last year.
0: Yeah, and then you, you – come on, I'm counting on you because that's drive killers. All of a sudden, oh, well, you dropped the first down. So you got to make the plays. Koki, definitely appreciate the time. Be talking to you soon. Are uh, you going to be out at LSU camp tomorrow
2: or they got a day off?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll be out there tomorrow. Uh, we'll be able to get to watch practice on my like day. So um, that will be fun, and I'm looking forward to that for sure. Gotcha. Appreciate it. Be talking to you soon, my man. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Thank okay. you, Koki. Thank you, Koki
2: Riley, LSU reporter for USA Today. Spout South Sports Region with the Daily Advertiser.